All right, everyone, and welcome back to Mascot Talk, a college football podcast here. I'm your host, Carson Doherty. Um, sadly, we don't have Bridger here today with us. Uh, he He's on a trip real quick down to California. But uh, without further ado, guys, I'm sorry we're getting this episode out late to you guys, but um, you know, we'll, we'll make this one a quick one, but we do have some things to talk about before we want to make our picks in the upcoming episode. Uh, but what I want to address first uh, is the new college football playoff ranking that just released on Tuesday. So the college football playoff ranking came out and we got Tennessee at number one, Ohio State at number two. Georgia at three and Clemson at four with Michigan at five and Alabama at six looking from the outside in. I was a little, not a little, I was actually disappointed with how I think one, two, and three are solid there. Um, Tennessee, in my opinion, is easily the best team in college football right now. I There is not a more impressive resume than Tennessee's. Tennessee has beaten five ranked opponents this year. And what they did this past week against Kentucky was just put the beating on them 44 to six, which is a lot of, which is a game that a lot of people honestly thought could have been an upset on Tennessee's part. So Kudos to Tennessee. I believe that they are easily the number one team um, in in college football right now. Number two, Ohio State. I also agree with this one. I do think that if we look at Ohio State's talent um, and just the level that they're playing at right now, I do believe they're a really good team. Uh, Georgia at three, they're just a complete team. Probably the one of the most complete teams out there. Second overall defense. Uh, top 10 offense as well. So just just great things happening over there with with Kirby Smart in that program. Um, and then this is where I disagree. The, Clemson. I do not believe Clemson is the fourth best team. And as if, if the season ended today, I do not think that they should be in the playoffs. I, 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 got, I understand, right? I understand that they have a couple of ranked wins, right? They have one against North Carolina State. They have one against Wake Forest. They had one against uh, Syracuse. But look at what those teams have done since then. Wake Forest got taken to the woodshed by a subpar Louisville team. Uh, North Carolina State's on the losing skid right now. Syracuse just got uphandled by Notre Dame. And so... I just have not seen anything in my mind this year from Clemson that I would rank them above Michigan and that I would rank them above TCU. Where's TCU in all of this? TCU's still at seventh? I I mean, I I know a lot of people are upset that they're at seven because some people believe that they are better than Alabama. I don't know that if TCU and Alabama were to play that TCU would win. However, TCU has a very impressive resume, three top 25 wins in the past three weeks. They've beaten Kansas State, they've beaten Oklahoma State, and they've beaten Kansas. All three very solid teams, and they were able to take care of business in Morgantown against West Virginia. So I I just am not in agreement right now with Clemson at I believe, in my opinion, 
Clemson is not the number four team. I think Michigan or TCU, either one. I think if if Michigan and Clemson played, or even if TCU and Clemson played, TCU and Michigan would win, hands hands down. I think this is just brand bias at this point. I I don't agree with Clemson at, at being at number four. I would put Michigan or TCU. You look at the eye test. Clemson can't even figure out who they're playing at quarterback. And and so that that's just kind of my my take right now on on the college football playoff. I think they got one, two, and three correct. I think it's very fair to say that Georgia, Ohio State, and Tennessee are the best three teams right now and should deservingly have that one, two, and three spot. However, at number four, I do not think it's Clemson. I think it's Michigan or TCU. I really do. I I'm I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it at that, guys. But um Let's, let's just recap some of the games. We had Notre Dame and Syracuse. Remember, me and Bridger both called Notre Dame in this game, and Notre Dame delivered. I mean, Notre Dame played a very complete game, and I think this is a very improved offensive team especially. Remember, offensively, they struggled during the year. Um, granted, they didn't play a perfect game uh, against Syracuse, but they had a really good, just overall really, really good, really good game. Um, Granny, you know, they only had 362 total yards of offense. However, Syracuse, they held them to 286, and that's really, really impressive. I mean, Syracuse was held to 61 yards on the ground. So kudos to Notre Dame. This And, and by the way, Clemson has to travel to South Bend this weekend to play Notre Dame. That 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 game right there is not going to be an easy win for Clemson, and you guys are going to hear my pick on that in these upcoming days here. Um, but overall, great job by Notre Dame. I felt like they finished um, w- when they needed to. Now, uh, now looking back at the the Big Twelve, I think the most surprising game was how Kansas State demolished Oklahoma State. And by demolished, I mean I'm I'm talking 48 to nothing. I mean it was just a domination from Kansas State from the beginning. By the way, Kansas State did not have Adrian Martinez. He was not a fact. He didn't play. Kansas State was to, down to their backup quarterback who by the way played f- phenomenal. Will Howard, he had he went 21 of 37 for 296 and four TDs, zero picks. I mean, just just outstanding. And it really showed because Spencer Sanders only went 13 to 26 and a and an interception. Um and and so w- when you look at this game, it just blows my mind that Kansas State was able to do this to a team like Oklahoma State. They held Oklahoma State to only 217 total yards. That is impressive. Oklahoma State rushed the ball 30 times and only got 54 yards. I think Kansas State's a really good team, and I think we're going to be seeing a rematch. If I if I had to predict right now, I'm saying Kansas State and TCU is going to be your Big 12 championship game. I really do. I don't think Kansas State is going to get beat the rest of the year. Uh, if if we just look at their their schedule, they got Texas this upcoming week, and then they got Baylor, West Virginia, and Kansas. Now, what I disagree with is 
I mean, well, actually, you know what? We'll we'll save the the Texas and Kansas State game for for tomorrow or or Friday. But um, I mean, just just an overall domination from from Kansas State. I feel like I mean, Deuce Vaughn had a great day: twenty two carries for one hundred and fifty eight yards and a touchdown. I mean, Kansas Kansas State was really doing whatever with whoever they wanted to on that offense and. Oklahoma State just had no answers all day. They looked sluggish. They looked slow. They didn't look like they wanted to play ball, and it cost them. I mean, it cost them a win. So Kansas State's right back in it, uh, the second-place team in the Big 12 right now. And you know what? I think they're going to win out, and I think it's going to be TCU-Kansas State rematch in the Big 12 championship. So um, moving on to the Big Ten. We're going to talk about the Ohio State game first, uh, and then we'll actually talk about the game that I attended in Ann Arbor, Michigan versus Michigan State. Um, but Ohio State versus Penn State. Now, a lot of people are going to look at this game and think that Ohio State really dominated, but Penn State actually was handling business for three and a half quarters. I mean, before Penn State's three straight turnovers in the last six minutes of the game, by horrible decision making by from Sean Clifford. I mean, it was twenty one to sixteen Penn State. I mean, just they looked great. They their defense held. Ohio State's actually got to fix their offensive line. I th- I think their offensive line is easily the weakest part of this team this year. Uh, their defense is vastly improved. Their offense uh, weapon and skill players is still as good if not the best in the country still. Um, but that offensive line, they gave up way too many pressures. C.J. Stroud was was having guys in his face all day long. Uh, Penn State did a great job. Now, Ohio State scored 28 points in the last six minutes because of three straight turnovers. One was a pick six. Um, and, I mean, I'll give credit to Ohio State, though. They, they did what they had to do in the last minutes of the game to dominate that game, but when you look at it, I mean, Penn State had lots of shots, lots of opportunities to to win that game. So I still think Ohio State is one of the best teams in the nation. I'm I'm still going to be really excited when Michigan and Ohio State play because I think that game is going to be one for the decades. Um, but, you know, Ohio State still cruising. They really won't have another challenge, though, until they play Michigan. So. I'm curious to see what happens because Penn State had four turnovers. If if you take away those turnovers, if Penn State doesn't turn the ball over, Ohio State wins by single digits, like one possession or less, or Penn State knocks off the upset. So, I mean, I think Penn State just laid a pretty good blueprint on how to potentially beat Ohio State. I think Ohio State's going to improve from this, but like I said, they're going to need to fix that offensive line. Uh, Michigan's got a good defensive line. Um, so m- moving on, we'll talk about the game I went to. Guys, it was an amazing atmosphere, let me tell you. I, I had never been to a game outside the the Pac-12 in the Mountain West um, just because of location. And let me tell you, it did not disappoint. I loved the atmosphere. Being in the big house with 111,000 Michigan fans, I mean, it was just awesome. Um Michigan ended up winning twenty nine to seven. I know a lot of people are disappointed in that, and and I was to a degree. I think that I expected Michigan to kind of steamroll 
uh, Michigan State, and they definitely had chances. They had, uh, within the first four or five drives, Michigan had the ball inside the 10, I think three times, and only came away with one touchdown and three field goals. Um, in inside the red zone in the fir- in you know within the first couple of minutes, I mean, Michigan only scored two touchdowns, and Jake Moody hit five field goals, including a fifty-four yarder, which was very impressive. Um, so so kudos to him. I mean, kudos for for being able to score. But if Michigan turns those field goals into touchdowns, I mean, this was a forty-two to forty-nine to nothing game. Um, I think it was really really impressive. Uh. Now, I think I, I think everyone, you know, I, a lot of people saw the fight that kind of broke out after the game. I feel like, um, you know, my take on it is every every rivalry in, in college football is intense, right? It gets your blood pumping. You, you know, there's trash talk. It just comes with the territory, right? It just comes with the territory of being, especially with Michigan and Michigan State, in-state rivals about only about an hour and a half away from each other. I mean, just, just incredible, you know, States basically split down the middle half and half, but after the game, I mean, that was so uncalled for from Michigan state. Um, you know, the videos released about, you know, Michigan state players ganging up on Michigan players and just, I mean, it was, it was insane. I, my my two cents on it is I think there should be disciplinary actions. I think those players should be suspended indefinitely. Um, just because I don't think there's anything that, you know, Michigan could have said or one of their players could have said that would have justified the beating that they took. I, I definitely think that, you know, it just it, there's going to be jarring, guys, right? It, it's a rivalry game. It's, I mean, one of the best in-state rivalries there are, right? And so, it, I mean, this rivalry has just gotten more and more intense over the years. I'm curious to see how everything is going to play out. But it, it was kind of sad, though, because Michigan really wasn't able to celebrate that win because everyone, all they wanted to talk about was the fight that happened after the game. And um, But, you know, while I was there, what I witnessed was a great job defensively by Michigan. They gave up a couple big plays in the first half just because – uh, you know, Michigan State basically had nothing to lose, right? They're just going to throw the kitchen sink at Michigan, um, and they and they did, and they did a good job. But Michigan proved to be really good defensively, and even though the score doesn't say it, um, Michigan had 443 total yards of offense to Michigan State's 252. Michigan had 27 first downs to 11 for Michigan State. Michigan State was two for 11 on third down. Michigan was nine for 16, and um, yeah, and again running the ball. Michigan had 276 yards. Let me tell you, watching Blake Corum run in person is spectacular. That guy. Is so shifty. He's so quick. He knows where to go with the ball, what cuts to make. I mean, it, it was just so incredible to watch him in person move the way he did. Um, I, Michigan's going to be great. They're they're going to do just fine. I think they'll win out until they play Ohio State, and we're going to see what ha- takes place in that game. But this is a really good team. Who, I mean, just by the eye test, guys, they should be at that four spot with in, instead of Clemson, them or TCU. Like I've been saying, like it, it, it just blows my mind. Like easily TCU and Michigan would win if they play Clemson. 
And I, and I have no, and I could back that statement up with just the level and competition that those two teams have played over Clemson. Um, but, but moving on, we're going to now move uh, and, and shift to uh, the SEC just because the, the Pac-12 didn't really have a, a, a ton of games, right? But um, one of the big games that I, I wanted to, or that we wanted to address was uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, easily one of the best games this past weekend. Guys, can, Tennessee is a well-oiled machine. I mean, just incredible what they're able to do offensively. I I think this is going to be a game for the ages this upcoming weekend against Georgia. Um, longtime rivalry with these two teams. But what Tennessee was able to do, I mean, and when you look at it, like first down-wise, Tennessee and Kentucky were kind of similar. Kentucky had 14, Tennessee had 19 first downs. Um, but what was crazy is Tennessee held Will Levis to 98 passing yards. This is a defense of secondary who ranks 125th in pass defense. Held Will Levis, arguably a top five, top 10 selection in this upcoming year's NFL draft in the first round. They held him to 98 passing yards along with three interceptions. I mean, just an incredible performance by Tennessee. They are no-brainer. They are my no-brainer number one team in the country right now, and I fully agree with that ranking. Um, I think they're a tremendous team. I think Hendon Hooker easily should be the Heisman favorite right now. He's playing as good or better than anybody else in the whole country. I love this Tennessee team, Um, and I think if there's a team to knock off both Bama and Georgia, these guys are it. Tennessee's it. They've improved steadily week after week, offensively and defensively. I mean, just the talent that this team has. I would not be surprised if Tennessee pulls off. a. a I would consider it an upset in Athens just because it is in Athens between the hedges. Um, however, you know, if Tennessee loses, um, you know, it, it, it still wouldn't look that bad. But it's so late in the season that if Tennessee has any shot or wants any part of being in the college football playoff, they really need to win this game. Um, they, they, it, it, it's going to be a great game game for the ages, but I mean, Kentucky's just looked slow after their really good start. Um, they've lost a couple of games now and it's just not looking great uh, for the Wildcats, but Tennessee is a well-oiled machine. They're clicking on all cylinders. I love watching them, and they're there's tremendous, tremendous team this year. Uh, another game I want to talk about, and this is another game me and Bridger called, was Ole Miss beating A&M. Guys, A&M's 3-5. Can someone please explain to me how Jimbo Fisher's getting paid $95 million to be a 3-5 and five team and have the greatest recruiting class ever? Ever, supposedly this past season. I mean, just Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss is a good team, so I'm not going to knock knock on them. They did a good job, but A and M they are they are struggling. They just can't. And even Connor Weigman had a decent game. I mean, this game was so close. I mean, A and M finally broke the 400 yard mark on offense. I feel like it's just been taking so long, and they finally did that. But Ole Miss had 300 
and 90 rushing yards on AM. 390. I mean, AM just is wow. I, I think Jimbo Fisher's going to be in his last straw here pretty soon because this was a team that was preseason ranked number six. And now they're three and five, guys. They might not make a bowl game. I mean, if we look at their schedule, upcoming and remaining, they still have to play Florida this weekend, which is not going to be an easy win. And they still have to play LSU at the end of the year. I mean, they're going to be expect they have to go three and one in their last four games against Florida, Auburn, UMass, and LSU. They could definitely beat Auburn and UMass, but taking down Florida or LSU is going to be really difficult. Um. I, I I don't know what to make of Jimbo Fisher. I mean, it, it's just crazy that coaches are getting paid this amount of money and they're just not performing. I mean, look at Mel Tucker. I mean, I witnessed it with my own eyes this past Saturday. Michigan State's getting dominated. And this is Mel Tucker's third year. By, by year three, you're going to have a lot of players that you recruited. You're going to have your system implemented. Same thing with Jimbo Fisher. This is his third third year why are they three and five i mean the expectation at a&m is just at least eight to nine wins minimum minimum and they're just not doing it so i mean just just crazy crazy a&m's got to figure it out man because they're going to start losing recruits i mean it's it's going to go down the down the fishbowl for for fisher i mean that that's just what it's that's just what it's going to be um and of course you know florida played georgia actually fairly decent kind of made a little comeback there but but georgia's um you know georgia took care of business another headline though this past week brian harson got fired from auburn now i'm curious to see who auburn actually goes after i think they might even go after Lane Kiffin. That's kind of my personal opinion. But, I mean, this this was a crazy week of college football. We got the first college football playoff rankings out. I mean, it's, it's just going to be insane. We got really good teams. We got, I mean, this upcoming weekend, this upcoming slate is going to be crazy. I mean, we got Alabama, LSU. We got Georgia, Tennessee. I mean, just just these monumental games that mean so much. Because, I mean, if you look at it, right, LSU beats Bama. LSU is in the lead for the SEC West. LSU is totally in it. And I don't think anybody saw the potential, right? Because, I'm, you know, they haven't played each other yet. But the potential to have a Tennessee-LSU SEC championship game, I would love to see it. I would love to see some, uh, you know, other teams besides Bama and Georgia. You know, if Georgia loses, you know, can they still get into the college football playoff? Because, you know, Tennessee's easily going to win out if they beat Georgia. Well, and then Georgia, you know, isn't going to be in the lead for the SEC East. So you're going to have Tennessee representing the East. And then it's basically going to come down to Alabama LSU this weekend for the West. I mean, it's. It's it's crazy how uh, how all of this is setting up because I feel like in past seasons in college football we've really had a grasp and really a good understanding or just a good prediction of what four teams are going to make it. I mean, outside of we really don't. 
I mean, Ohio State and Michigan still have a collision course. Tennessee, Georgia are on a collision course this weekend. I mean, Clemson's got to beat Notre Dame this weekend, which I don't know if they will. It's in South Bend, and Notre Dame's playing pretty dang good. So, I mean, it's it's going to get intense these last couple of weeks. I'm going to be interested to see what happens. Um, we'll have your guys' picks out here upcoming here in a in a in a in a couple days probably tomorrow or friday um i'll get with bridger see if he can if he can do it but uh thank you guys so much for listening uh, i know it's a little bit shorter of an episode but uh we we're gonna have a lot of to talk about this upcoming weekend because there's a lot of big games a lot of games that really have implications on on conferences and conference championship games so uh, make sure you guys tune in, and again, please share this podcast with anybody that you know is a college football fan. We'd love to get the word out. We'd love to, uh, we love doing this. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time.